is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We're thrilled to have Jennifer Stewart on our show today. Jennifer is the founder and owner of Syntax Strategic, a leading communications, media, and public affairs firm based in Ottawa. She has been named one of the top 25 people in the nation's capital by Ottawa Life Magazine, top 40 under 40 by the Ottawa Business Journal, and has been a finalist for Ottawa's Female Entrepreneur of the Year. She's also a regular communications commentator on CTV and CBC. Committed to empowering women in their careers and personal lives, Jennifer employs 10 female employees at Syntax Strategic and is committed to doing work differently. Along this vein, she is a founding member of the 21st Century Workplace Initiative, which brings together a group of business leaders to truly impact the workplace and introduce and reinforce practices that create a truly equal and equitable professional environment. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So what's the one thing that you want our audience to take away from today's conversation, Jennifer? I think that, you know, it's very frightening at times to become an entrepreneur, but make that Mm. leap. I was 25 when I quit my job and I started at the time JS Communications and I didn't have this grand, you know, business plan or vision for what the future held. I just kind of felt it in my bones that I could do this. So I had, you know, these ambitions of being a freelancer and things grew organically. And now my life is shaped by having this business and having the flexibility isn't the right word, but the freedom to kind of define my own career and what that Mm. means for me. And at the same time, for all the women and people that work with me, my teammates. So don't be intimidated by entrepreneurship. Make that leap. You know, you can iterate, you can pivot, you can figure things out as you go. Mm. And, you know, no risk, no reward. So if you have that idea, make the leap, try it out, ask for support, seek mentors. But the time is now. Fantastic. I love that. No risk, no reward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell us about Syntax Strategic and what inspired you originally at the age of 25 to, to begin your first organization. What inspired your leap into entrepreneurship? You know, what? I'd love to say it was this grand plan, but it really wasn't. Mm. I was working in a 
a job and it was a great company, but it just wasn't for me. And I was freelancing and I thought, you know what, I think I can make a go of this. Both my parents were entrepreneurs and I saw them do that. I saw them raise four children and also be very present in terms of their lives. It's extremely important for me. And I thought, you know, I'm 25. I'm probably going to work till I'm 60 or 65. And if this is what it looks like, then it's not for me. Mm. So I made the leap and actually that company came on as my first client. So that was fantastic. That worked out well. Um, but just this kind of, you know, voice in the back of my head that I'd had since I was about 18, that, you know, working doesn't have to be the dread you feel on Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. You can get up and you can be passionate and you can love what you do. It can still be a ton of hard work. Mm. Like to be an entrepreneur, you need such work ethic. Mm-hmm. For the first three years, I worked every weekend and I'm not trying to glamorize that mm. because now I've got young children and I try to be uber present, but just the sense that, you know, let's give it a shot. And what's the worst thing that happens? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, um, I'm imagining that strategy, obviously being a really key pillar of syntax strategic, that seems um, obviously very important to your organization. Um, For our listeners and for entrepreneurs that might not have a background in strategic communications planning or around the change management side of things, what do you feel and and why do you feel that strategy is the linchpin of success? I, I think it's the backbone of success. You're absolutely right, because without strategy, communications is just, you know, an afterthought. And it's something that's like, you know, the ribbon on top of your your business, but it can actually drive your business and your business objectives forward. So if you're able to strategically communicate, and you've taken that time, I'm not talking about a bureaucratic red tape process, but you've taken that time to truly think, you know, what's the road, what's the pathway between what I'm doing strategically from a public affairs, an event to communications perspective, and how does that synergize with where I want to grow my business? And how do I link the two? And that strategy is where we start with all clients. And I think we've really defined syntax as, yes, we can do very basic PR and issue a press release for you, but for most of our clients, we're working with the C-suite and we're helping that strategic development and then saying, you know, where within your team and our team can we implement this? And, you know, coming back to strategy, a strategy is more, it's a living, breathing document, right? You know, you need to pivot, you need to iterate, you need to be continually evaluating whether you're being successful and your audience, um, but without that strategy, you know, really, we're not able to be an effective extension of that team. So it all comes down to thinking strategically and elevating those business goals. Mm. Yeah, I love that, that strategic mindset that needs to be baked into operating and having your tactics accomplished. So how would you recommend balancing the need for strategic vision and implementation? Because what we hear from so many entrepreneurs is that they're go, go, go. There's not time to sort of take a moment to reflect on those strategic pillars or on those priority areas. How do you recommend finding balance for entrepreneurs that might just be starting up and are overwhelmed with you know starting their entire business? I think it comes down to value. I mean, if you're so go, 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 that you can't sit back and evaluate, are you being strategically effective, then you need something needs to change. You know, you need, it's not time lost, it's time actually invested in your business. And, you know, I am a very impatient person. I go at a very high speed. It's just who I am. So I love implementing. I love the tangible execution. Like, I will always be somebody that wants to write a strategic plan because I like to think that way. But, you know, in the beginning of my business, I needed to make sure that I took the time to evaluate the strategy. And that was when we're going to purchase an office space, when we're going to hire new employees, you know, 
design, you know, in my 20s, that was a big fear factor for me was we didn't have a designer. And the first time we hired the designer, I thought, you know, is there going to be enough work for this individual because we're a traditional comms company? Now we're ready to hire our third designer and our videographer, right? So you just need to, you need to, it's a, it's a mix of like trusting your gut and your instinct and still moving forward at a pace, but then taking the time to analyze, but don't suffer from, you know, paralysis by analysis either. Like it's, it's a fine balance. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so talking about the evolving needs of your organization and all the change uh, that is embedded in this entrepreneurial journey, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs on change management as they start and grow, either from a comms perspective, looking at strategy? Um, how can we be more resilient and um, and really thrive in, in a changing environment, especially as entrepreneurs, that being such a core area? I think that's a great question. I think it's being open to change and mm. it's also understanding the change management process. So we have an expert uh, in change management on our team that has worked with a number of large and small organizations to evaluate their teams and what works and what doesn't work. Again, aligned with strategy, I keep coming back to that work, that word. But, you know, for ourselves, you know, for our generation, we need to be very attuned to change mm. and we need to be able to meet it head on and assess strategically what's the pathway forward and be continually evaluating what makes sense for this business and what makes sense for our client and be able to vocalize that. And I think, you know, continually having that hat on where you're looking at things through that strategic lens is crucial to working with a company like ours or any agency. They're not there to just help you execute. That's part of it, but they're there to provide that strategic counsel as well. Mm. So you mentioned that you, so you have graphic designers on your team. You're expanding that, uh, that leg of your business. Fantastic. Uh, and having a change management expert, you also have experts in government relations. Um, so why should businesses be thinking about engaging government as they scale up thinking of our entrepreneurs listening? That's a great question. And I think it's so crucial for entrepreneurs to know who their elected members of parliament are, whether that's federal, provincial, or even at the municipal level. There are programs that support entrepreneurs. There are programs that provide funding to entrepreneurs. And you can make connections you know, with individuals and key staff members, not just for funding, but to understand how do you navigate government. And that can be so crucial as you're starting up. Um, you know, for From a client's perspective, to be able to go build that relationship with government, whether they receive money or they're just looking to build that relationship has long-term benefits to their business. And again, just like strategic communications, there's a direct alignment with you know the growth of your business and its success with how well you can effectively communicate with government mm. and both short and long-term benefits. So I think I think that's a really important you know consideration mm -hmm. for all businesses. What's their GR strategy? And what's step one? Because that, that I think that that heaviness that could be perceived as it's what's so their GR true. strategy. What's the first step to doing that? And I think it's just understanding the landscape. Mm. Like I remember being 21 and working for my first agency and the word GR was thrown around. And I was like, what the heck is GR? And I was in this world of acronyms. And it's just understanding these are elected officials that are there to help you. And particularly in the business world, they're so committed to helping entrepreneurs that understand the landscape, understand how the federal government works. And it's it's an ongoing process. What services are provided at the provincial level that you can tap into, mm -hmm. whether it's knowledge or services or funding, mm -hmm. and even just start growing those relationships because with relevant ministers, right? Those are the individuals that are seeking out, you know, individuals that are running their own businesses and are trying to understand where the gaps are mm -hmm. and where they can help you. So 
Start with understanding the landscape and then build relationships. And it's always so much better and more fruitful if you build a relationship before you have an ask, Mm. right? Let them know what you do, Mm -hmm. how it fits in with their mandate, Mm. and then how you go from there. And then it's a a mutual relationship. So in your organization, you also provide a lot of media and public relations support to to your different clients. Is it true that any news is good news? No, and that's something that I specialize in as crisis comms. But, you know, people think it's this kind of smoke and mirrors element to communication but it's very simple. It's being authentic and truthful. So when bad news hits, what's your most authentic pathway to clarifying the statement or owning something if something has gone awry? Um, so it's there, there are you know examples of bad news, but then it's how do you deal with it? It's like anything in life, right? It happens, it hits, and then people really, people don't expect perfection, but they do expect transparency. So it's really how do you communicate after a crisis? But the kind of, you know, Kevin O'Leary theme of there's no such thing as bad news, yeah, I would advise my clients otherwise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that idea. Yeah, people don't expect perfection, but they expect transparency. I feel like that's a really Mm -hmm. great motto to kind of embed in your your day-to-day. We're all human, right? (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And and I think, um, especially for entrepreneurs, they put so much pressure on themselves, and it's so easy to expect that 110%, um, you know, perfect execution, Mm -hmm. building the perfect business that solves this incredible need, um, that sometimes the 80% solution is is just fine. Uh, But remember, that human side of things, especially going through a moment exactly. of crisis. Exactly. And having that line of communication where if something isn't where, you know, somebody wants it or it didn't meet the vision of an organization, how do we get it there? Right. So that's both from a media perspective and that relationship when you work with clients. It's, it's that line of communication and support and mutual respect. Mm, absolutely. And so when you're you're trying to build up um, your reputation and your public reputation as an entrepreneur um, and you're and you're providing thought leadership in the media, how do you build those relationships? Um, as you say, they're incredibly important, but how do you start um, you know building those relationships in an authentic way before you have an ask or before something potentially goes sour? How do you build your public reputation from day one? It takes time. So as soon as I started syntax, I started volunteering in the community. I sat on numerous boards. I did a lot of pro bono work. And it's just sustained effort over time. You know, people can tell if you're out there for kind of a one and done and you're looking for that, you know, relationship boost from an from one interaction. It really is about, you know, being yourself, being authentic, saying no when it makes sense to say no, but having that sustained presence. So I started networking when I was 25. I'm 35 and I'm still out there. I'm strategically sitting on boards. I am, you know, I'm extremely passionate about giving back as well. And I, I really do believe that, you know, when you're given any amount of privilege that you should give back. So I also go out from that perspective. I've sat on the board of the Canada Food Cupboard and you develop relationships that you don't necessarily go into that experience looking for a, you know, a business benefit. You go into it altruistically. But, you know, when people see that side of your personality and they understand that, you know, you're out in the community, it can also um, develop into business opportunities without that mindset. So it's just about being very open, being very curious and putting yourself out there and being authentic and in how you interact with people. And unfortunately, that's not really a quick fix, but you don't want the quick fix. You want the longevity for your business. And more than anything, you want to be able, you know, to sleep at night and to know that you're being kind of truthful with yourself and you're operating a business with integrity and strong ethics. And that to me is, you know, the most important aspect of, of running Syntax. Mm. 
Fantastic. Yeah, there's no easy button. If somebody did no. find an easy button, I'm sure they'd be making a <laughs> they fortune. They do. They'll make billions. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so as an entrepreneur yourself, what do you think has been the biggest learning to date that you have had as you've grown Syntax Strategic? I think it's kind of thickening of the skin and it's not even thickening of the skin where you're, you know, you're, you know, dismissive of, of individuals or nothing affects you. That's kind of the opposite. But it's, you know, it's this ability to kind of face risk, r- analyze it and make sure you make the most effective decision for your business, but then move forward. I remember hiring my first employee. I was pregnant and I was overloaded with work and I knew something had to give. I was very sick when I was pregnant. And I felt such dread, you know, I'm taking on someone's, you know, livelihood and their mortgage. And, you know, this is a commitment. And I didn't want to bring that individual on without, you know, knowing that commitment for myself. But then employee two, three, four, five, six, seven, it becomes easier. Um, We bought a building for Syntax last year through the business. And that was, that felt risky at the time, but, you know, you push yourself through it. And now... And we want to expand into the Toronto market. So it's, it's about kind of analyzing that risk and knowing that it's uncomfortable, but meeting it anyways. You know, people sometimes think entrepreneurship is glamorous or it's easy. It's neither of those things. You know, it's fun to go get up and talk on television or, you know, be called on by CBC or CTV to talk about an issue, but they don't see the grind and the hard work and the late evenings and those decisions where, you know, you do have that pit in your stomach. So my advice would be, you know, don't go in with expectations that's going to be easy. But if there isn't challenge, then it's there's no growth. And I, I really mean that. I've, I feel like I've grown 20 years over in the past 10 years because of the challenges that we've met um, and the ability to overcome them. And that has been kind of the biggest personal and professional lesson for me. Mm, yeah. And, and that growth does not happen overnight. That this thought that your credibility in the industry, all of these things are built over time um, and being gentle on yourself that there's only so fast you can go. There's only 24 <laughs> hours in a day um, and being gentle that, you know, you will get Absolutely. there if you are committed and exactly a aligning with your gut and, and your overall vision for where you want to bring your organization. Fantastic. Um, so on the Thrive Podcast, we love sharing I- advice, um, you know, on balance and well-being and, and managing um, the very real demands of being an entrepreneur and the expectations that we put on ourselves as entrepreneurs, but also as women entrepreneurs um, and, and looking at well-being and holistic kind of entrepreneurship. Have you managed um, your business uh, in a way that has felt balanced? What has that looked like over, over your career at the beginning versus now? How have you made changes to make sure that your life uh, kind of meets the, the needs of your business but isn't compromised? That's my favorite question because that's been one of the biggest learning curves. I did not have balance at the beginning and you burn out. And now I really I really value having, having that balance. So I do yoga from mm-hmm. a personal physical perspective and we have a yoga teacher come into Syntax. So we do, do you it really? as a team. We do. Wow. And we offer wellness days and we don't, we have mothers on our team. Mm. We do not blink an eye. If your child has a concert, you go. Like I, part of the reason why I do this role is so I can also be an active mother because mm. at the end of the day, that really is my number one priority. So, you know, incorporating, I don't necessarily think it's work-life balance. I like to say it's work-life inter- integration. Mm. Incorporating my personal life with my professional life has been key to my happiness, key to the happiness of my family. 
And also, I really wouldn't be where I am without my husband. And I know that's not the thing that female entrepreneurs should say and, mm. and you know, without the backing of a, a male counterpart, but it is so true. He's mm. had my back through thick and thin. He is the person that encouraged me to start Syntax. Mm. And he's the person that pushed me to hire that first employee uh, yeah. and, and kind of overcome those obstacles that I faced internally. So uh, having somebody that supports you, whether that's a partner, a friend, a mother, a father, a sibling, that that sees where you're going has been crucial to my well-being as an entrepreneur because mm. I actually don't think I could do this alone. It can be a lonely place and mm-hmm. you can have that internal dialogue in your head about so many things that having that support system has been crucial. And my husband and I also own another business. So oh, we wow. get to... Do you really? <laughs> yeah. So we own Ottawa Valley Grain Products, which is an export business that we bought four years ago. So we get to kind of support each other in the growth wow. of our businesses. And that has been a really neat experience. But then also knowing when to unplug. Mm. Because I need time at night where the phone is off, where I'm not kind of towing that line of what's in my email. I do mm-hmm. check my email every evening. I won't lie. <laughs> but I need that time to unplug. And mm. that to me has been crucial to my ability to kind of keep pushing to mm-hmm. take that time for myself. Mm-hmm. And we find in so many of these conversations that people have that realization when they've hit that stage of burnout or oh, afterwards. So trying to, you know, at the start of your business in, in the mindset of, of how to be sustainable, thinking about this um, work-life integration, as you mm-hmm. say, I love that. I love that idea. So how has it been being, you know, the partner to another entrepreneur as well? Has that been challenging being in, in a space where you're both trying to build your own businesses, but it, collaboratively? It is challenging. And, and he's very active with syntax behind the scenes. Mm. And I'm very active with Auto Valley Grain behind the scenes. So in the last year, we've purchased a number of retail assets to grow that business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've put a lot of you know personal and monetary investment into it, and it's been it's been a wonderful challenge. But certainly, balancing two businesses isn't easy mm-hmm. at all times. So we're very cautious of, and we're getting better at it. You know, how do you differentiate when you do business with your partner and you also have another business? Mm-hmm. How do you find that time to? kind of relax as individuals and not mm-hmm. just business owners. But business is really my passion. You know, when I started my, uh, and this will be kind of the first time I say this out loud, but when I started Syntax, I wanted to be Arlene Dickinson 2.0. Mm. And I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, to be on the speaking circuit and to have that profile. And what I've really learned about myself, which is a complete pivot, is that I like business. I like Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. I certainly understand the value of doing television and different kind of external activities for business development purposes. But what I want to do is really at the end of the day, you know, assess that balance and uh, balance sheet and that profit and loss statement and figure out how are we going to hire? How are we going to grow? How do we further expand this brand on both sides of the business and drive this forward? You know, at the end of the day, business is what kind of makes my blood pump from an entrepreneurial perspective. Yeah, you're getting excited just now. Yeah, I am. (laughs) I am. But it's it's interesting that, you know, you, and that comes down to strategy. You need to be honest with yourself too, throughout the growth of your business about strategically what's going to excite you, what's going to make Mm. those Monday mornings seem invigorating. Mm -hmm. And that may change over time. Mm. And you need to be open to that. Yeah, into that changing environment. And I love that, that, you know, you're Jennifer Stewart, you're not Arlene Dickinson, and, and all of yeah. the benefits that you bring to the table, and, and, right. and recognizing that true power that we have as individuals, as opposed to ex- aspiring to something concrete that exactly. we see being, you know, one model of success. Um, so that's, that's an, a, an interesting realization. Very cool. Uh, so what's the vision uh, of the future of Syntax Strategic? Uh, you mentioned that you'd be going to Toronto, potentially, is that uh, sort of the, the idea of growth and the next steps for you? I think so. And it's mm. also understanding, you know, the optics versus your 
reality. I'm in mm. Toronto about once a week now. We've got wow. a number of clients there. So, you know, we, we say we're quite present in Toronto. So will we have a physical infrastructure one day? Yes, most likely. Um, but it's it's working with clients that where there's mutual respect, where we're able to be strategic and we're able to provide that value. And, you know, continuing to grow our, our client roster through having a team. Like, mm. I don't want Syntax to be Jennifer Stewart's shop. In fact, we used to be called JS Communications mm-hmm. and I made the very strategic decision to adapt the name mm-hmm. because I have such a wonderful team mm-hmm. at Syntax. I don't call them my employees. They truly are my team members. And my goal is to really empower them and to give them opportunities to, you know, grow themselves and to grow the business. And, you know, become a powerhouse team that does things differently than other agencies in the sense that you're going to have a senior team member support you. They are going to provide that strategic provision, um, but also stay small enough where we can, you know, make sure that we maintain the quality of products. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. But that really does come down to, I think, you know, I think people get scared off by growth, but it comes down to getting the right people on your team Mm -hmm. and trusting them and empowering them. And to your earlier point, not always expecting perfection. Mm. You know, you wouldn't necessarily expect perfection from your colleague next to you, but you'd expect that they're giving their best effort and then they pivot and they, Mm -hmm. or they iterate their product to meet your vision. Mm -hmm. Um, So that really is the vision for syntax. Fantastic. That, that, I love that. And, and so where can entrepreneurs go um, to learn more and to connect with you and syntax strategic? So I stayed off Twitter forever, (laughs) but I I came on this year. So uh, my Twitter account is at Jen Stewart Ott, and you can go to syntax strategic.ca to find out more information. Fantastic. Wonderful. And so final piece of advice, if you could leave everybody with one um, uh, additional layer, you've provided a lot of fantastic advice so far, what would be another uh, key, um, either success factor for you or one piece of advice you'd like to leave with our listeners? Trust your gut. Mm. At the end of the day, trust your gut, trust your instincts and carry yourself in a way where you can sleep at night and be proud of how you've, you've you know, conducted yourself in business and in your personal life. I love that. And that's going to look differently on everybody, but I, I love that, that. That can be your North Star. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Thrive thank Podcast you. today, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Matthew Curtis and plug in to the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.